Millennials, they're the generation Y that has now moved into the workforce and is shaping our future. That is until Generation Z comes of age and pushes them aside to take over. While some millennials get a bad rap, there are many who are doing incredible things to move the crypto technology needle. And today, we welcome Mike Rogers to the show to discuss the topic of millennials in blockchain. It's all about positive transformation for a better tomorrow. Sounds like a cheesy catchphrase for a company that doesn't know what they really have to offer. And this is episode number 401 of the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show that's all about positive transformation for a better tomorrow. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Hey guys, this is Tom Vase, and you're listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Stay bad. And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. We're all about your future. Such a beautiful day here in the neighborhood. Sure is. We got Mr. Rogers here with us today, kids. It's gonna be it's gonna be super. Oh look, there's Mr. McFeely. Oh, it's Michael Rogers, Mr. Michael Rogers. We're gonna be interviewing him in just a little while. Sure. Sure, we will. But first, Mr. Travis Wright, why don't you tell our nice listeners all about Upland? Now, Upland is a very positive transformation property trading game paired with a decentralized economy. Players can buy and sell and trade and develop virtual properties into real neighbors. They are based on real-world addresses, and you can go and visit them. Blockchain technology enables true ownership for the players, Uplanders collect in-game currency called Upex as a reward for their ownership and their neighborly behavior, and also for completing missions in the game, collections, and treasure hunts, boys and girls. Upex can be used to purchase more properties and get new neighbors, and to develop land and to pay for digital goods and services that other Uplanders, or I like to call them Up Neighbors, uh, you can develop and create new things. The objective is to establish an open neighborhood where various stakeholders can interact and transact with other neighbors and without intermediaries. And if you check it out at badco.in forward slash Upland, you actually get a little extra neighborly bonus. So go do that today. Welcome sure. To- sure. That, that's that special. Sounded like you had a hard time saying the word completing there, Travis. Can well, you say no. can you say completing? Competing. You com com completing. Sure. I knew you could. That's very difficult. That's great. So there's now there's two Mr. Rogers here, but there's a third one, and it's gonna be Mr. Mike Rogers. Sure. <laughs> Millennials often get a bad rap. And I don't think they deserve it any more than boomers deserve it or Gen X or Y or XPDNZYQ or any of those generations deserve it. In every generation, you've got movers and shakers and you got uh, not so much. Well, we got a mover and shaker with us here today. His name is Mike Rogers. He's a certified public accountant and he is the founder of Millennials in Blockchain. It's a globally distributed learning collaborative that he founded in 2018. Mike, welcome to Bad Crypto. Thanks, Joel. I really appreciate the introduction there. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about, I guess, uh, one of my passions, which has become digital assets, uh, left the 
corporate world uh, over about two years ago now and really just been following my heart and really my mind, basically, and wherever the intellectual curiosity has led me. My heart led me out of the corporate world. My stomach led me to the refrigerator. <laughs> Especially during uh, COVID lockdown. That's, yeah. uh, that seems to be a, a destination, a peak destination. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> well, it's one of the only places we can go. They can't. They can't tell us. We we, we can't go. You know, it's actually one thing I was realizing is I think probably most people's refrigerator handles and their microwave handles probably need to be cleaned. They probably haven't cleaned them in a while. So, so Mike, tell us tell us a little bit about the MIB, and that's not the Men in Black because you couldn't tell us anything about that. But you have the Millennials in Blockchain. What is this, and uh, what's what's the mission of this bad boy? Sure. Well, I mean, you have to admit though, MIB is memorable, and that's kind of one of the things that you're really going for when you want people to stand out in this digital world that we're in today, uh, seems like there's just a fire hose of information coming at you every day. Uh, basically, Millennials and Blockchain started in uh, August of 2018, and it started as a Telegram messenger group. I, after I left uh, Blackstone, which is a big private equity and real estate group, in um, April of 2018, it was after the uh, digital asset bubble. And I did well enough where I, at a young enough age where I didn't have too many responsibilities and I uh, really wanted to figure out what exactly was going on with this whole uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain um, revolution that was kind of going on. And I went to as many meetups as I possibly could. And I was located in New York City. So as I started meeting interesting people, because you have to admit, uh, cryptocurrency, really, it's just a cast of characters. Um, and some of the most incredibly intelligent people I've ever met. And then some of the not so intelligent people that I've met and many far and in between. And But really, I wanted a way to stay in touch with all the people that I was meeting. So I started the Telegram group and it really was mostly millennials at first, um, hence millennials in blockchain. Um, and it's kind of grown over the past two years because it was something that um, I built it and it's a virtual community that's almost 300 people now. And it's globally distributed people from all over the world and um some pretty big names are actually in there from the industry and space and um it's just because it's curated uh content and actually discussions that people aren't really usually willing to have in uh other places where you know uh it doesn't really seem like we have too many discussions today a lot of people are in there and they promote their own projects and content. Um, and we talk about really just a lot of different topics from economics and um, I guess mostly global macroeconomics. And then cryptocurrency obviously is one of the biggest ones in there because um, everybody that kind of is in the group has been kind of looking for something, if I could really put it that way. Um, this world is kind of really changing so fast right now obviously we have a global pandemic going on but uh we're really kind of in the middle of uh the second <laughs> once in a lifetime crisis in the past 10 years um and the generations that it's impacting the most are actually millennials and generation z because um all everything that really we've been doing to combat uh from the global financial crisis to today we're just pulling forward a bunch of uh, the, the gains. Um, and that's kind of the way that the central banking and uh, fiscal model work. Uh, basically taking uh, from the generations that are to come and really just to sustain what we kind of have. And it's 
clearly not sustainable. And that's kind of what a lot of us um, that, you know, have worked in these other traditional systems found appealing about uh, what Bitcoin did. And really, it's funny you say what Bitcoin did, uh, because that's, you know, Peter's podcast. And um, I know wrong you- show, Mike. <laughs> uh, no, we, we love Pete. We were uh, we had him on recently, and he's uh, he's a good guy, smart guy, and I like what he he's doing. You know, went to South America recently and and did that tour of uh, Colombia and Venezuela to see how were people actually using Bitcoin there, and had some fascinating findings. Yeah, we actually have uh, a couple of Venezuelans in Millennials and Blockchain. Uh, it's 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 really serendipitous how we all found each other uh specifically manuel who is from venezuela and he says how um they're using bitcoin right now mostly because they have uh hyperinflation and because there's really just uh they're getting destroyed by uh not having uh the resources and that's really where where bitcoin uh shines right now it's really for those countries that are that don't have any uh currency stability i mean us here in the united states we really uh, take it for granted, uh, especially if you're a United States citizen. You, uh, people don't realize truly that um, most of the world's debt is denominated in U.S. dollars, as well as you know the petrodollar, which is how um, oil transactions internationally clear through the U.S. dollar. So we have the luxury of that. That really um, helps all of us. So um, basically, though, a lot of these other uh, countries that don't have uh, stable currencies, they're really getting. Um, they're taking the brunt of it right now. But realistically, I mean, this was a discussion that we had uh, last night. Um, we had a virtual happy hour. And um, a lot of the activities that are going on right now with the central banks, and you look at um, basically, uh, most people don't even realize this, the, the Federal Reserve basically merged with the U.S. Treasury right now. And um, that's how we've kind of been able to uh, sustain the market so far with uh, unemployment about to reach most likely 14%. Uh, so wait, I, I've heard that we've read some articles around that, you know, essentially saying meet your new Fed chairman, Donald, you know, Trump. But that's that's kind of uh, operationally right. I mean, not actually. Yeah, no, you know, that, that's the thing. I try to stay out of the politics and the, the media. I'm more of a independent type of mindset with, with that. It's more so. To begin with, the, the Fed is an independent entity. Um, so realistically, they um, have their own mandates and their own um, ideas that don't come from the left or the right necessarily. They come from uh, a structure and a power that's higher than them uh, in the sense that um, right now, though, the way that the Federal Reserve has been able to do certain actions and they acted very, very quickly they legally aren't allowed to purchase certain things, but through this, these uh, special purpose vehicles that they set up, they were able to do that because, and they didn't need uh, congressional approval. So it was just basically a, a loophole um, where they were able to do that. But no, I mean, Trump isn't at the head of it. Yes, I know it's, it's kind of crazy looking at some of his tweets, specifically when he pressures Powell to uh, cut rates or do quantitative easing or whatever else he kind of throws out there. But that really shouldn't be too much of a surprise as well. I mean, he does use the platform for so many other things. And uh, as I said, I'm not really too interested in that. I, I really like the like like reading the actual minutes and understanding what's really going on, not getting away from those narratives, uh, which too often are, are false. Yeah, you got to do your own research in the world. And I know a lot of people 
now have more time than ever and have been going down these rabbit holes and exploring what's going on. And, you know, I mean, we don't know exactly when this episode is going to go live, but what we do know was, you know, a few days ago, I don't even know, maybe it was earlier this week, you know, uh, oil was less than a dollar. It got to negative. It got to negative, like negative $40. Like, I don't know how long the U.S. dollar is going to be able to maintain its status as the world reserve currency if we're having these types of fluctuations right now. And it's just it's just such a crazy time. So, you know, so you said you have so you have a group. You got about 300 people. You got it sounds to me like you, you've been working on a book, uh, the definitive guide to blockchain for accounting and business. Maybe give us some background about your, you know, your, your background in accounting and, and how you see a blockchain applying to that whole area finance. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, my undergraduate degree is in finance and I got a master's in accounting. Uh, started out at Ernst & Young, one of the big four public accounting firms before I moved over to Blackstone. And, um, you know, I got a degree in accounting because it was pragmatic and a mentor of mine um, said that uh, basically it was the language of business and you can never go wrong really understanding uh, that system. And once I actually dug into Bitcoin a little more and understood what a distributed ledger was and triple injury accounting, I mean, it kind of made more sense there um, because realistically, when you understand, uh, say, accounting or engineering, there, there are certain methods of thinking uh, similar to like, say, uh, if you're an uh, engineer for computer science, um, you learn about different systems and frameworks. And I'm sure you guys have that with marketing as well. Um, actually, I saw that... Uh, you guys have both written books. Actually, I just purchased uh, Travis's book uh, <laughs> just uh, right now. I haven't read it yet, but uh, I'm interested in learning more about frameworks. But Thank you, good sir. <laughs> Joel Com. Uh. <laughs> well, you have, to, you have to remember, Travis, we did we did have a conversation uh, about two months ago. And uh, it's pretty funny because uh, the, the very next day uh, after after we talked before we set this up, that was when the stock market peaked. <laughs> so right. I think I think that, uh, to be honest with you, I, I made a a point of this when I was doing my background research for this. I'm pretty sure that uh, this uh, dead cat bounce that we're experiencing right now, the S&P and uh, markets have been up over 25% over the past month. I, I'm pretty sure that we're going to be topping pretty soon, guys. So uh, we could yeah. we could look back at this whenever it airs. Maybe our conversation was the beginning of the end. <laughs> and I think that this one might be as well, because uh, we're, we're, this is the beginning of a of really a, a pretty nasty period, unfortunately. But really from the ashes is where Phoenixes uh, come out of. And that's really what the flexibility of uh, these organizations and communities that we're building, like Millennials and Blockchain, we were able to um, kind of organize and do things in ways that uh, traditional legacy systems that are analog and backdated can't uh, from decision-making standpoints. So to answer your question though, uh, with the actual book, through Millennials and blockchain, um, through my community, basically a lot of uh, people in there started to see that I understood what I was talking about when it came to uh, digital assets and uh, blockchain. So uh, I ended up actually starting a consulting business, um, and that's kind of what I've been up to. I'm not just managing a virtual community full time for the past two years. I started MIB Consulting. I started out with uh, Augmate, which actually did a digital uh, security issuance after they raised 11 million in Ethereum in um, 2017. And um, from there, I started really just getting a lot of different experience uh, consulting with a lot of different startups. Most re recently was actually uh, Securitize, which is the biggest digital security issuance platform. And 
for Securitize, I ended up writing a, a case study for them on one of their most successful digital security issuances, which was a guy who actually um, had a non-traditional uh, business. Basically, he had a newsletter business for financial services, and he was able to successfully raise over $4 million within a couple of weeks. And he basically tokenized himself uh, or the preferred equity from his uh, company. And that's what's really cool is that uh, that's something that you would traditionally not really see being able to tap the capital markets. That's what's very interesting about this. I mean, so what I'm trying to get at here, obviously, guys, is that, you know, you could potentially uh, tokenize your uh, your podcast and um, specifically the, the company. And um, maybe you could do something very similar to if you're looking to expand and raise capital in the future. And I'm more than happy to discuss that or I could send you one of the case studies I wrote. Um, but the, the other one that I wrote for them was actually uh, published by Deloitte, as well as um, Securitize. They referenced it in a pre press release, and it was uh, joint published by the Japanese Security Token Association. It was on the tokenization of Japanese real estate, because over in Japan, they're very, very um, forward thinking when it comes to using technology and there, you know, it's kind of the old thing. If you look back to the 80s movies uh, like Robocop and all those other things with Japan after their bubble uh, kind of burst, we're kind of looking into like a mirror of like the future with Japan and uh, where things are going from a demographic standpoint, from a debt standpoint. And um, also their Bank of Japan has kind of been uh, the global sandbox for uh, central bank and monetary policy. Um, so that case study that I wrote really received a lot of. Um, a lot of uh, nice uh, like press and reference within the industry. And um, a professor of mine from uh, a former professor from grad school, he was actually writing this book um, and he saw that I was uh, posting on LinkedIn and reached out and I helped him by sourcing certain people that were within millennials and blockchain. And that's actually a major section of the book. It's real world use cases for blockchain and digital assets. And those are two, the two case studies that I wrote, I actually ended up uh, expanding them into two different chapters. Um, and I just got, uh, got done with that about, uh, about a month ago. Um, it, 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 took, uh, it took a couple months and that's kind of how I got introduced to you guys. What kind of examples, especially unusual examples are you seeing of asset tokenization like the more unusual the better <laughs> well i mean realistically uh, i i don't love some of the things that just get pressed just for press sake because i didn't ask you if you loved them I just <laughs> what you've seen. oh okay um i mean a newsletter a newsletter getting tokenized is definitely uh is definitely one of the mo more unusual things that i've seen um tokenization uh, you can you could tokenize uh i i you know the thing is i've, I've been kind of in the in more in the realm of the uh more legitimate stuff so i haven't been paying you're uh, you're being serious about this and ain't got no time for the silliness just because i i went out to all that stuff when i first got into the industry and after a while it just got tiring kind of seeing a lot of stuff that was claimed to be one thing not ended up not ending up being anything and really seeing a lot of my friends and people that got burned really with a lot of the ICOs and a lot of people just kind of ran off with the money. Uh, that So, yeah. We're going to tokenize Travis's jokes. 
So <laughs> you could own, um, you know, like one word in one of his jokes. People couldn't afford it because it's too hilarious. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. So I just joined your millennials in blockchain. So you got old, we got old balls in there now. And uh, <laughs> so I'm in here cracking. I'm going to know crack jokes or whatnot but uh so millennials in blockchain i guess if you just type that in the search then you should be able to join that and you're around over 300 people there hopefully by the time this web over the, by the time this podcast goes live your website's complete that'd be good uh, yes yes i i will i will i will make that a priority and i don't i don't know i don't have much excuse because it's not like i'm really going anywhere right it's now. a beautiful website it's the best millennials and blockchain website you've ever seen i'm sure no, it, just, it just fits it just fits the irony of it oh it's a it's a millennials website oh it's half done coming soon <laughs> <laughs> under construction i'll get to it i got i'm ordering some beer and pizza give me a break i'll, I'll get, get to it later you guys don't worry about it it's totally cool what what's uh what's the truth about you know the millennials in your circle what do they really want how driven are they give us a, a feel for reality and not what the media portrays millennials as of course uh well there, there was actually a great book on this um and if you think about, uh, say, a camel, there's two humps. And that's kind of uh, a way that you might look at it where there are kind of two different categories of uh, millennials. There are some that have kind of been devastated by a lot of, uh, you know, the systems that were created uh, that they didn't actually create, that they're not re reaping the benefits of in certain aspects uh, that they're not really too interested in. in no, no, we didn't start the fire. They can't they can't say that. Which oh, I'm sorry. What, what do you mean? That was the Billy Joel song. You know, oh, of course, yes. His, the Boomer Generation. We didn't start the fire, and uh, of course, millennials didn't start it either. Yeah, I mean, realistically, you know, most of us were either in college or younger, because uh, the millennial generation is from 1980 to uh, late 90s. Um, most of us. I mean, I during the 2008 financial crisis, I was in. Geez, I was in. Uh, 11th grade so realistically i I couldn't even vote back then <laughs> but um i i was in that uh more the, the the other hump that you know very there's there's so many intellectually and uh passionate and driven people uh that's in the other hump i guess you could say um and realistically i we have so many luxuries too though like that's the other side of it is that you know we have the netflixes and the uh instagrams and things of that nature and we have the luxury of living in a first world country where you know, what is the incentive to really go out there? Um, I, I think, you know, one thing that I really like uh, to describe the millennial generation, kind of looking at it, I'm, I'm big into, you know, finance movies and stuff. Uh, Wall Street, too, which wasn't too good of a movie, but there are some uh, hidden nuggets in there because it is Oliver Stone. Um, basically, Gordon Gecko has a speech where he, where, he, where he refers to millennials as the ninja generation. Uh, which stands for no income, no assets, no job. Uh, <laughs> and kind of it's kind of funny because we're kind of coming back around even though that was 10 years ago uh i, I know a lot of people that just got laid off um and it's it really is unfortunate uh to think about that um and there are so many around the world right now this is kind of it is actually our generation's great depression we learn history for a reason um there people can uh, say oh it's dramatic but it really isn't if you look at the amount of people that are around the world especially in the news on uh these lines for just to get food 
from food banks. And this is global too. Um, it's kind of been a long time coming as well because um, of the amount of uh, debt and saturation that we've had um, over the past decade. And really the recovery that we've had hasn't necessarily been a traditional recovery. Um, and it's really uncharted territory that is only going to expand right now. So there are those of us that are motivated within our generation that really want to um, create the next systems. And that's uh, kind of what Monials and Blockchain is. Um, we would like to create the system instead of just being um, a user within the system, because realistically, this is one of the most important decades for the next hundred years, probably, in the sense that um, these alternative or parallel systems that are being created, um, the more I've learned about systems and engineering, uh, because I've been studying computing the past couple of years, we're, we're actually going to be able to create these systems. And I think that we need to get as many people from as many different backgrounds to have an understanding of what's actually going on right now and also to have a say so that they're properly represented rather than the illusion of a system being created a long time ago and you not really having much of a say in it because the rules and the beneficiaries are already defined, which I think we can look at most of uh, the past, I don't know, ever since World War II, uh, basically, when this, when the United States became the world superpower and um, Brenton Woods being created after we got off the gold standard, we, none of us created that system, realistically. Um, and the way that we transact and exchange value and get us to spend our time, you know, whether it's sitting and recording a podcast or, I don't know, whatever I do all day, basically, what, what incentivizes us? And I think that that's kind of where we could really get into some creative and interesting uh, areas as a society, because so many people uh, now are home uh, or laid off. And really, it might be a blessing in disguise where maybe they're thinking, was I really on that path that I was meant to be on? Because so many of us, uh, due to the world around us and society, we just get on paths because, uh, it, it, you know, we, we need to pay bills. Or, yeah, like, it's a forced reevaluation of priorities. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and I've been on this journey of my own ever since I left the corporate world, really soul searching. Um, one of the things I did, I read the, the Bible, the New Testament and the Old Testament cover to cover. Even the uh, book of Numbers. Yes, I did. Log through Numbers. Wow. Yes, yes. And all the notes. Um, really, it um, it, it really was enlightening. Um, and doing that, I was really not only, um, you know, I had a born again experience. And um, really, it, it's it's something that was fantastic in the sense that, um, you know, gives you purpose uh, rather than um, rather than yourself. But really, how can you connect and um, really change others lives for the better? But also, um, it, it helped me really understand uh, society um, because a lot. It's a great history book, really, of the West and how a lot of the systems and how actually contracts were created. It's in the Old Testament how contracts were created and what exchanges are in markets, and that's all everything that really is in uh, cryptocurrency and digital assets. I mean, I, I'm sure you've you you guys were around at the same time that I was. Uh, it's funny when you guys launched the. Uh, the podcast, I saw that it was in July of 2017. I think that that's when I bought my first Litecoin. <laughs> and um, I, I remember back then, that's when that, uh, that, 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 that book 
uh, that was on the civilization of the world became very uh, popular in, in the digital assets uh, realm. What was the, what was that called? Uh, who, who Sapiens. 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 Yes, yes. Um, and and really, uh, when I told somebody um, about about me reading the Old and New Testament, they said, "Oh, you should definitely read Sapiens." And you know, that's obviously on my list of things to read. But I did just throw uh, Travis's book uh, way up to the top there. Um, there you go. You know, a lot of people don't understand how much wisdom is actually in the Bible. They hear Bible and they think, "Oh, religion and fairy tale," and it is so packed. Uh, you know, from history, we can learn so much. And, uh, you know, if we don't know history, we're doomed to repeat it. And um, hopefully we don't repeat any of those. It seems like we are, though. It's it just kind of crazy. As I said, it's it's, I, it's I, human nature, right? Human nature has not changed throughout history. Well, one thing that has changed was it took, you know, a couple thousands of years to, to wrestle the power away from the church and the king. And now the bankers have it. Right. The globalist bankers. And now we're trying to wrestle power away from the bankers and the globalists and the ones who control all of the industries. Right. We actually had an interesting conversation today with the dude who's a venture capitalist at a, at a company that was founded by the Rockefellers. And I was asking him about that. And it was just so interesting to hear his story about, oh, well, he made it. You know, John, John D. Rockefeller and the family, they made all this money in oil and transportation and the train industry. And then they took that money and they started putting their money in this industry and that industry and the banking industry and all of this. And then the media industries. And it was just so amazing how venture capital has just helped up. Blah, blah. And I was going, yeah, that's exactly how people and, and, and a certain select group of people have been able to gain control of every single major area of industry in the world. And it's because there was a few rich people who had a vision and they said, uh, let's take control. And those are the systems that you're talking about of how do we disrupt those and rebuild the system. How can we have a new awakening in which it benefit the system is benefited by everyone instead of a few select people whose last name starts with R? And so, you know, it's one, one of the interesting challenges I think. You know, that, Mike's last name starts with R. Yeah, I don't know. So maybe you can change that. Maybe you can change that. Uh, make make the world a better place. The Rogers. He's that Mike Rogers feller. <laughs> oh no. Maybe we need to tokenize your jokes. <laughs> I, I think, I, Travis, I really think that that's a fantastic point, though. Uh, let's just call it the powers that be. Um, and realistically, that's the incredible thing about this industry is that uh, it's it's kind of like that movie game with, uh, what, what is it, One Degree of Separation from Kevin Bacon, where uh, basically everybody is connected and we're all one person removed from, uh, you know, a billionaire or Vitalik, which I know you've had so many different people on the show. And um it, that's how I was able to even get on this this uh this show, which is fantastic. I couldn't believe, like when I looked up last night, that you had uh the head of blockchain for the World Economic Forum on, and I'm I'm like, oh, I'm Mike Rogers from uh, Massapequa, New York. Oh wow, that's that's fantastic. But uh, well, to be fair, we might not publish this. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we, you know, this show is for the crypto curious and the crypto serious, and and you know, we we certainly like to have fun and be silly, but we just want to talk to interesting people. And status doesn't really impress us. What impresses us is you know what somebody's accomplished and and their character. What kind of ideas? you know, they have to share. We've had people on the show that we thought, oh, they're going to be incredible. And it was like, you know what, that was actually kind of disappointing, or that person was actually kind of a nutball. Um, you know, and then there's others that we bring on that surprise us because regular people that don't get everyday press are doing incredible, extraordinary things. 
Yeah, and that honestly, that's uh, how it was connected to Travis. Uh, it was through Adrienne from uh, Liquid, and uh, I'm sure you guys are very familiar with Liquid. Mm -hmm. uh, I met them at um, basically uh, Morrison and Foster, which is like a big law firm in the city. Um, it, I've been guided to certain things and events, and uh, been on panels where I'm like, "How did I even do that? How was I just speaking on a panel two years ago with the former uh, vice chairman in Nasdaq?" It's it's incredible, and really, uh, I I attribute it to God, um, and really, it's my passion too. Just really, uh, I, I really enjoy what I'm doing, and I love the people that I'm meeting. So, uh, when I met Adrienne from Liquid, uh, it was at a uh, fintech connector, which uh, is a uh, basically a New York city and global organization as well that, uh, I, I, I've developed a relationship with them over the past couple of years. Uh, basically when, when I was speaking to her and, uh, it, it's so funny how it happened. Uh, it was toward the end of the night and, um, I'm, I just kind of unloaded on her talking to her, uh, about, uh, the book and like, that was like in the middle of writing it and, uh, like how I, I spent all my day, like basically re behind my computer screen, researching and writing and, um, then she goes, wait, do you, do you have a family? Like, what's going on there? And I'm like, yeah, of course I do. I have a, I have a wonderful family, a wonderful community. And she said, well, you know, I have these guys. Uh, uh, they're, they're hysterical. And, and uh, we got to get you on their podcast. And, and really, I ended up following up with her after uh, I met Duncan, who's actually the head of uh, U.S. for uh, Liquid. I got lunch with him first. And then I followed up with Adrienne. And, and she goes, oh, yeah, uh, give, me, give me your info. I'll, I'll get you connected right away. And then the next year, no, oh. well, 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 literally within an hour, I was in a text conversation with Travis and Adrienne. It was incredible. Um, well, I'm glad you think highly of us. It's it's probably not as big a deal as you think it is, but we're <laughs> we're glad you're impressed, and and we're glad you're doing what you're doing. Uh, Millennials in Blockchain.io will be the site. If you go to the show notes, there'll be a link there as well as to the Millennials in Blockchain Telegram community. And uh, keep us posted on, on developments here. We want to know what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, well, with the with the uh, with the powers that be and the things that are that are set up, though, um, it's it was created a long time ago, and um, a lot of the systems that uh, have been holding together global society right now are really at the at a breaking point in a lot of aspects. So, a lot of emergent systems, you know mostly through the information age and technology, um, they're in a position to potentially uh, challenge right now um, not only information systems, but monetary systems and how value, what is value and how is it uh, transacted. So that's really what's going on with uh, digital assets. There's a parallel financial system being created, um, which will be very important um, in it's always nice to have an alternative uh, because uh, as we kind of said, a lot of the systems of society today are, you know, not equally uh, distributed anywhere near the, uh, the way that they can be, especially with technologies too. Uh, that's something that a lot of people don't truly understand. I mean, I, I've met a lot of very brilliant and interesting people, people that have worked for governments and, uh, you know, contractors and technology and the future is here. It's just not, uh, evenly distributed. Um, and I think that, you know, in this age of transparency, uh, which was another thing that I, a theme that I caught onto when I was listening to one of your, uh, your other podcasts, I think it was the first episode. Transparency is really the key, uh, to the future. Um, 
And I think that as we continue to have these weeks that are coming out and the uh, open eyes that's going on right now, um, I think a lot of our eyes are being open to a lot of different things and they will continue to be over the next couple of years. Um, I think that what is hidden, their light will uh, shine on certain things and um, really the righteous will, uh, will prevail. That is a good place to put a pin in it, Mr. Mike Rogers. Thanks for uh, for joining us today, buddy. We appreciate it. Thanks, Joel. I really, really enjoyed it. Go Millennials Go! Thank you, Mr. Mike Rogers. We appreciate you coming on today. Millennials and Blockchain.io is the website. Make sure you check out their Telegram community. And the links are in the show notes for this episode, badcode.in forward slash 401. That's where it's going to be. That's very good. And I wonder, Mr. Joe Comp, could you be neighborly and talk about Somi Social? Okay, but do I have to do it in the Mr. Rogers voice? Hey, nobody's forcing anything. I mean, it is a social site, and it's a beautiful day in Somi <laughs> neighborhood. Yeah, they're a blockchain-based social media platform built for privacy and user control and content monetization. Think about those three things there, right? That that traditional social media doesn't give you privacy, control over your experience, and the ability to make money for the content that you post. They're privacy focused, they're censorship resistant. I think they just had an upgrade. They just moved blockchains and it's faster, it's sexier, it'll make you more handsome. Your mileage may vary. And they offer ad revenue sharing. Check it out, go to SoMe, S-O-M-E-E dot social and look for Mr. Travis Wright and myself there because we are there. Man, I tell you what, this has been action packed so far, folks. I mean, if you haven't, if you've been tuned in and paying attention to virtualblockchainweek.com. This is actually day three Sunday. We had the VIP party. Yesterday, we had some amazing guests on, full day worth of activity. And now we're getting ready to start this right now. So by the time this this is coming out right now, day, well, Tuesday's festivities are beginning. And so you're going to want to tune into that. And if you missed it, well, then make sure you tune into the rest of the time and make sure you register and all that good stuff because lots of great activity. and I mean, seriously, what, about 20 hours worth of content we're putting out this week? There's there's so much content. And coming up on, on Tuesday is G. Edward Griffin, Caitlin Long, Sir John Hargrave. The rest of this week, I look at this veritable who's who of the crypto world. Roger Ver, Charlie Shrem, John McAfee, Miko Metzamro, Samson Williams, Sharia May, Oz Sultan, Don Tapps, got Justin Sun, CZ is going to be doing a fireside chat. Uh, Rachel Wilson, Brittany Kaiser, Maureen Murat, Ryan Rodden is going to be joining us and talking about games. And, you know, we've got all these sponsors that are joining us it is absolutely uh so much fun and it's going to leave a mark not a bad mark but a good mark mm. yeah so go check it out virtualblockchainweek.com that's where all, that, the stream's actually there you can register watch it there check it out and uh we look forward to that we got to get back we got to get busy now folks we got some stuff we got to take care of on this on this uh wonderful weekly conference thing we're doing so uh, i guess all we need to tell you now is to what stay bad that- we, we could tell them that there's a lot of things we could tell them we could tell them brush your teeth wash your hands uh don't cough or sneeze on other people because that's rude it's be good people do good stuff and stay bad yes we gotta go folks we gotta go see ya who's bad 
Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.